Welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Coons. This is a sermon entitled, Just Say No, which was preached on August 16th of 2020 at the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church here on 310 Randolph Road in Kansas City, Missouri, just outside of Como. Come on by and visit us. Services start at 11 a.m. every Sunday. Sunday school's at 9.30 a.m. Now, unfortunately, this recording... Something went wrong with the audio at the beginning, and it sounds very muffled, and you'll find it even on our YouTube channel that you really can't make out what he's saying. So I have cut to uh, where you can start to understand the audio. The main things that you have missed is him sharing the verse uh, that goes along with this sermon, which unfortunately I don't know what that is other than it's something I think he says James, but it's hard to hear it. So unfortunately we've lost a little bit, but the message is still in there, so... Hope you enjoy it. Now, here is Pastor Philip Koontz with Just Say No. And once you say yes to the sin, you get addicted to it. And the, the, the whole point of the Just Say No situation was that you're supposed to say no before you ever said yes. And then it was much easier to say no, because if you ever said yes, then it became difficult, became difficult to say uh, no, if you'd ever said yes, because if you'd ever said yes, then you became addicted and you wanted to continue to say yes. And this was the problem. But if you had said no, then it would not be so hard. People used to say, and I've heard them say it, usually ignorant people that say, oh, but that's just so it's not that easy to say no. Yeah, it is. No. You see, you take an N and an O and say no. And when people come to you and say, do you want to try? No. It's not e- hard at all. It's very easy. No. Would you like another bite? No. Would you like a shot of that? No. It's not hard to say no. But when you want to do something, then, yeah, that becomes hard. Why? Because you're listening to your want to's and not your need to's. It's not hard to say no. Just say no. It's not hard at all. And so we, a lot of times, listen. We listen to the addictive uh, addictiveness of sin, and sin ruins lives. It ruins families. It even ruins eternities. It does. That's what sin does. It ruins everything. All because people would rather say yes than no. And so the sermon title today is Just Say No. That's, that's the sermon title. The question then becomes, can we say no? Well, absolutely you can. Yes, you can say no. It's not that easy, Pastor. It's a lot easier than you think. Yes, there's wrestling battles. Absolutely. You, have to, you wrestle with it because you have the flesh and you have the spirit, obviously. And you can say no. Yes, you can say no. It is not near as difficult as we make it to be. It's not near as difficult as we make it to be. But we need to be aware of sin. I mentioned some of this last week. I'll mention it again. We need to be aware of sin. Beware of it. And uh, we need to know what sin is. A lot of people of the world want to tell you that certain sins are not sins. Oh, it's not a sin to do this and to do that. Yeah, it is. The Bible tells us right here in Galatians chapter 5. Let's turn to that. Galatians chapter 5, 19 and 21. 19 through 21, I meant to say. Now the works of the flesh are revealed, which are these, adultery, sexual immorality. Well, that's vague. It's not that vague. It's not that vague at all. Impurity. Oh, that's vague. Eh, I think we know it's impure. Because deep down the Holy Spirit tells us, if you're not saved, okay, I might be vague. But deep down, I think you know. Deep down, you know it's impure. You do. Oh, but I, I say it's not impure. Yeah, well, because deep down you're justifying. And you do know. Yeah, you know. You know. If you have to justify it, there's an answer right there. Yeah. Impurity, lewdness. Lewdness. 
Now, what is lewd? Well, lewd and rude rhyme. There's a lot of lewd behavior, rude behavior, uh, things that are lewd, rude, and crude. I kind of like that they can rhyme. Lewd, rude, and crude dude. There's a reason. There's a lot of lewd, rude, crude dudes out there. Have you ever noticed that? Lewd, rude, crude dudes? I know a whole lot of them. I, I, some of those things I see that they teach children on cartoons. I like to smack SpongeBob right in the mouth because there's a lot of things that he's just a cartoon. But the reason is because, and look, I'm not, I don't hate the character, but I'm going to tell you something. They teach little children all sorts of lewd, crude, rude behavior. And he's not all alone. There's a ton of them. But they teach children it's okay to say things that, man, if I never said that as a kid, oh, my dad would call me out. And rightly so. Because lewd, rude, crude behavior. And it's a lot of, not just cartoons, folks. A lot of people, even in the biblical sense, say things that shouldn't. I'm talking the biblical sense. I'm talking Christian sense. They say things they shouldn't say. Things that are lewd, things that are rude, things that are crude. Mm-mm. We're not to be that kind of person. Let's go on to verse 20 here. Idolatry. Putting things before God. People do it all the time. You don't believe me? Give it a month. Football time. It's not just football, incidentally. People do it all the time. People even do it with the type of Bible that they read. It's ridiculous. I see it all the time. Oh, you have to read this type. You have to read that type. You have to. Now, come on now. Come on. Come on. It's a little ridiculous. Then sorcery. Sorcery. That could go into all sorts of things. But they do. Satanic things. And they do it all the time. Hatred. People hate all sorts of things. And they sometimes do that in the name of Jesus. But they do it. Strife. There's strife all over. You don't believe me? Look on the news. Strife everywhere. Oh, he's a Democrat. Oh, he's a Republican. Oh, we have to hate him. I saw on Facebook yesterday, an old friend of mine, hating people because if you don't agree with my politics, and I don't want to be your friend. Come on, man. And I'm not saying that to, to quote someone. I was saying that myself. But the fact of the matter is, is get a life. Just because someone doesn't agree with you, you don't want to befriend them, get a life. Get a life. And you're supposed to be a Christian. I'm not saying you're not. I'm saying you're not being Christianly. And let me just say this on the one political end. You're supposed to be loving. You're supposed to be a hippie. Hippies are supposed to be loving. Peace, 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 peace. Unless you don't agree with me. Come on. Come on, man. I will quote him there. Here's the thing. You're supposed to be a loving generation. Be loving. Yeah. Be loving. Now back to this. Jealousy. Boy, people are jealous all over the place. Did you see what he did? You see? Come on, man. Let's, let's, let's be real here. Rage. You see what people are doing all the time. People are always having rage, constantly tearing down stuff. Selfishness. People want, 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 lie, cheat, do whatever they got to do to get more selfishness. Dissensions. Fights between people all the time. Out in the streets, we see it. Dissensions. Heresies. That's blasphemy. Lying against the word of God. That's heresy. Horrible stuff. Envy. Well, we go back to jealousy and thing. Envy. Murders. Well, we see murders all the time. Drunkenness. Is it a sin to drink alcohol? Not necessarily. I won't do it. I won't touch it. Man. I won't go near it because I don't even want to get near that. I already have an addictive personality. And to be honest with you, I don't want it. Man. I have family history with that. I don't even want to be near I don't even hope for it. Why would I want that? But, I'll, but look, I'm not judging you. If you're at home and you're saying, why does this happen? Well, that's between you and God. I'm not, I'm not touching it. I don't want it. But here's the thing. One sip could lead to a whole life of misery, and I don't want it. Yeah. Welcome to it if you want, but that's not me. It's just not me. I'm not judging you. 
Carousing. What does that mean, carousing? Oh, he was just walking in the street. That's not what carousing means. You know what it means. And I'm just going to say it bluntly. One sack to another sack to another. You know what it means. Destroys homes. You know what it means. And the like. This opens the door for so many things. You know, all this stuff connects together. It goes on to say in verse 21, I warn you as I previously warned you. This is Paul, by the way. I warned you as I previously warned you that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Is this talking to Christians too? Well, we know that you're not going to lose your salvation, but it's telling you this world. And yes, Christians, this is not of God. It's not of God. Stay away from such things. And I'll move on. I'll move on. Sin is like a drug addiction. It's like a drug addiction. Once you start into it, it's hard to get out. I know because I've done it before. Sadly to say, I've done it before. I've gotten involved with sin before. You, pastor? Yeah, I happen to be human. I know I don't always look human, but I am. And the fact of the matter is, is we've all done it. There's not one person in this church, not one person out there watching, not one person ever, except for the Lord Jesus, because he's not human in that sense. He's God who came in the flesh. That's why I always correct when people say, oh, except for Jesus, except for Jesus. It goes without saying. He's God. It doesn't even need to be said. Yes, for all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We know this. All of us. But the point is this. We need to be aware of these things because they are like an addiction, like drugs. We need to just say no to these things. Oh, but I don't have a problem with that. Good. I'm so glad. But you better be careful because one of those things will grab a hold of you and they will pull you back. And Satan's going to do it every single time. He will. Let's take a look at just a few. Just a few. Sexual, impure thoughts. These sexual acts of sin. What are they? Well, there's lots of them. Lots of them. Fornication. Adultery, homosexuality, bestiality, and many, many others. Many, many others. We know what fornication is, sex out of wedlock. Oh, that's not a sin, Pastor. Yes, it is. And I hate to say about 90% of people do this or have done this at some point in their life nowadays. Not in the old days, but nowadays they do. Fornication, sex out of wedlock. That's not a sin. Yes, it is sin. The Bible says so. Adultery. One person being married and having sex. Well, wait a minute. What if the person has had sex with someone who is married? Well, they're guilty of it, too. They're guilty of it, too. They are. But what if they weren't married, uh, but they, did, they had relations with someone who was, and so they are, too, also guilty of it. Absolutely. Homosexuality, that's not a sin. God made him that way. No, he did not. Yeah. Learn to read the Word of God. Does that mean we're to hate them? No, we're to love them. We're just not to love what they're involved in. I love people who are addicted to drugs. It doesn't mean I agree with them doing drugs. I love people who steal. It doesn't mean I agree with them stealing. I love people. Yes, listen now. I've even loved the people who made a mistake and killed someone. Doesn't mean I love that they killed someone. I love people who don't agree with me politically. Doesn't mean I agree with their political decisions. I love people who do all sorts of things that are either right or wrong. Doesn't mean I agree with all of their decisions. I love people who have different choices in TV shows. It still doesn't mean that you're right. I'm just letting you know. If, if your favorite TV show is I, Andy Griffith, you're ignorant. But I still love you. I'm just letting you know. Anyway, on to the truth here. What does it say in 1 Corinthians 6.18? Escape from sexual immorality. Every sin that a man commits is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. His own body. It's a sin. It is. Absolutely. Okay, anger. Is it a sin to be angry? 
No, it's not a sin to be angry. We all have that emotion. It's an emotion. It's not a sin. But then why do we have it down here? Because having anger is not a sin, but losing your temper, that's a sin. I'm sorry. I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of losing my temper. There's many times I've come off saying things bad. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say. I've come off looking like Yosemite saying, racking, racking. You know, we've, we've all, I mean, I've done it. I, I come off looking like a cartoon character. You know, but it, it's happened through anger. We need to calm down. Take it easy, man. We need to be cool. Losing your temper. You can say things and do things. All because you didn't slow down. Pray. But you lose your temper and all sorts of things can happen. Throwing things. And I've done it. I'm sorry to say. I've gotten irked. And suddenly I look like the Tasmanian devil. (laughs) And knocking things over. A little bit of Tasmanian Yosemite Sam going on there. Let's see what it says about this in Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give a place to the devil. Let's not give him a place in our life. But pastor, I can't help that. Yes, you can. Hand it to Jesus. You can help it. You can. Let's go to the next one, rage. This is when you've already given in to that anger. Rage takes over. Rage, I was thinking of the raid commercials, but rage, yes, this also causes dissensions. In some cases, heresy. When people start doing that, they start allowing heresy to take over. Things, uh, uh, blasphemy and things, all because of heresy. We've seen what's going on. We've seen what's going on here in America. From this comes hate, bitterness, wishing the worst on other people, hatred, strife, jealousy, envy in some cases. We've seen it happen. We've seen it happen all over the news, busting things down. People want to burn churches. Oh, this will never happen in my neighborhood. It could, and it might very well would, all because they didn't get a hold of themselves when they could have. One to another to another. It's like an illness. It's like a sickness. All because you didn't go to Jesus Christ in the first place. It can happen to a Christian. Absolutely, it can happen to a Christian. Go to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord Jesus Christ. Help me get a hold of myself. No, not let me get a hold of myself. Get a hold of me. Allow me to give it to you. Give it to Jesus. Just say no to that emotion. Just say no to the sin. What's another one? Gluttony. Can't get enough of whatever. It's not just food. We we hear gluttony, we think of food. Now, I would know about that. I would. But it's not just a food. It's a whatever sin it might be. Because once you give in to a sin... Gluttony takes over. You can't get enough of sexual perversion. You can't give enough of anger, uh, of hatred, of strife. You can't get enough of these things. You can't get enough. It's never enough. Whatever the case might be, that's what happens. Because that's how the devil works in your life. You want a little more and a little more and a little more. Before too long, you're great big. Your job of the hut big, <laughs> and you just can't keep on getting. Suddenly, you're bigger than the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, and you just keep getting bigger and bigger, and you just can't get enough. That's how it is. That's how it just grows. Another one is lazy. You get lazy. You're like sloth. And what do I mean by that? I'm talking about selfish, yeah, but some Christians do it too. And what do I mean by that? I mean they get sloth and selfish by not sharing the gospel. That's sloth. That's lazy. We need to share the gospel. We need to give to the people around us. And there's many, many more things. And we won't go into it right now. Some of being pride, some of being gossip, 
and we don't stop what we're doing. We just don't say no, we should. And you don't have to sin. So many people say, I can't help myself. I just can't help it. I can't help it. Yes, you can help it. You may not be able to help yourself, but Jesus Christ can help you to just say no. By the way, it's a cop-out. A lot of times when we say, I can't say no, <laughs> it's a cop-out. I know, because if I have told myself I can't say no, then I have a free pass, you see. If I've told myself, well, I, I have to do this. I have to eat another Twinkie. I have to. I have to because my, my tongue tells me I have to. Okay, well, then you have a free pass. You have a free pass, and then you get on the scale, and it says, ouch. And you say, well, I couldn't help it. Yes, you could help it. You could say no. I'm talking about the Twinkie of sin, by the way. I'm not talking about a literal Twinkie, even though that might not be a good idea either. But still, the point is, is that you need to learn how to say no to sin. Say no, and you can because the Holy Spirit is with you. We're going to get that in a minute. It's not easy, and you can't stop before you start. Or excuse me, you can stop before you start. Just say no. First Corinthians ten thirteen. No temptation has taken you except what is common to man. God is faithful, and He will not permit you to be tempted above what you can endure. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And what's He talking about? Like I just said, the Holy Spirit. He's giving you something that the lost doesn't have. He's giving you an escape route. An escape route. You ever seen in the movie when they have a way out? I remember when the movie Star Wars first came out. I don't talk about the original, the good ones. I'm talking about when the original movie came out. Uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO have a way to escape for being caught by Darth Vader and them. And they get in that little bitty escape pile, and they go. That's how the whole show starts. And they meet Luke Skywalker and all them. And they bring the little message from Luke, uh, Princess Leia. Well, that little, that little uh, pod, escape pod, that's like the little Holy Spirit for us, except ours is much better because it, you can get away. You get away from the temptation. If you don't get in the escape route, folks, it's your decision. But you don't have to stay there and let that temptation come get you. You don't have to do it. That's your decision. That's your decision. You can say no. And oftentimes we won't and we don't because we don't really want to, if we're honest about it. If we're honest. Well, I would say no, but <laughs> no, no, don't, don't. Galatians 5.16, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's what it says in Galatians 5.16. First Peter 5.8, be sober and watchful because your adversary, the devil, walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he is, folks. He's hungry. He's hungry. He wants to eat you. He's more than just a hungry, hungry hippo. No, 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 no. He wants to eat you. And as my Uncle Russell so aptly put it, he'll eat your lunch if you let him. And he'll eat so much more. He'll eat you up, swallow you whole. And so what do we have to help us? Well, we have prayer. We have prayer. Prayer can help us. And I don't mean like we get on our hands and knees and say, I don't know what to do. No, we know what to do. We pray. Prayer is powerful. Luke twenty two forty. when he came there, he said to them, talking about Jesus, he said to them, pray that you may not fall into temptation. This has came a time, a time when Jesus Christ knew what was coming, and he went to pray knowing that he was about to go into the worst possible situation. He was going to go on the cross. He said, pray that you may not fall into temptation, because prayer is powerful, and it will help you in your time of temptation. Then Luke eleven four. 4, 
and forgave, give us our sins. This is talking about the prayer, the, the mighty prayer that we have, that we're to pray all the time. It says, forgive us our sins, for we also, excuse me, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. See, we're to pray, to pray when we are tempted. Deliver us from what? From evil. That is in the daily prayer that Jesus Christ gave us as an example. So we are to just say no. We're to just say no. We can do so. It's not going to be easy, but we can do it. And there are three examples I want to give you. The three J's. The three J's that I want to give you today. Three J's. Just like the word just starts with a J, I want to give you three J's as an example. The first J is Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph was tempted with his hormones sexually. In Genesis chapter 39, Joseph was tempted by Potiphar's wife. Potiphar was the man who had uh, owned uh, Joseph. And who can blame him? She was attractive. Who can blame him for perhaps wanting to be with her? She threw himself at him. She wanted to be with him. She basically was undressing herself, putting herself upon him. And you know he's a man. You know he probably wanted to be with her. But instead of sitting there and lingering and sitting there thinking, hmm, maybe, perhaps, huh, huh, no, Joseph was a man of God. So what did Joseph do? Did he sit there and say, huh, hmm, and ponder? No. Did he wade in the pool of temptation? No, he did not. Joseph ran from temptation. And as he ran from temptation, she, the temptress, grabbed a hold of his coat, ripped it off of him. He said, get thee behind me. I'm, of course, paraphrasing here. He didn't really say those words necessarily. He said, get thee behind me. And he ran the other direction. And here's the thing about Joseph. He was put in prison over all this because she lied. But wait a minute, if he is really of God, then why did he have to go through all this suffering? Well, God was setting something up, see. Even though he was tempted and he said no, he went through hard times because of the whole ordeal. But God used it for the betterment. God used it. Yes, yes. He didn't linger. He didn't sit there and soak in temptation. He didn't sway. He got out of Dodge. He got out of there. He got out of there. That's the first J. We're to run from temptation. Run from temptation. Thank you, Joseph, for this great example. And this could not have been easy. This could not have been easy because he's a man. And then the second J is Judas. Judas. Judas was tempted. He was tempted by the enemy, Satan, because he had eyes, eyes for money and material. And there was 30 pieces of silver put in front of him. Judas who had every chance and every opportunity, every opportunity to walk away from this temptation. But instead of walking away from the temptation to sell Jesus out, what did he do? He went towards the temptation. So he left Jesus, walked away from Jesus, and ran towards the temptation, and ran towards the 30 pieces of silver, and he went there, and what did he have the audacity to do but to kiss Jesus on the cheek and sell him out? He could have ran away from temptation like Joseph, but no, he ran towards the temptation and said, mm, give me, give me, give me. And then he was so sorry for what he'd done. Not that he was truly sorry, but he was sorry for how he felt when it was done. It did not satisfy him. And what did he do? Not only did he give the money back, oh, well, that was so nice of him. No, it wasn't nice of him. They took that money and bought the field that he hung himself in. 
He bought his own grave, folks. Don't run to temptation. Run from temptation. I've seen people that I love and care about so very much, even recently. People that I would have given my life for. And I begged them, don't go towards the temptation of sin. Please don't go towards the temptation of sin. Please come running back towards Jesus. Please don't run towards temptation. Please. But you can't make them. You can't make them. If they're bound and determined to go for 30 pieces of disgusting, filthy, sinful silver, you cannot force them to come back to Jesus. They're going to do what they're going to do what they're going to do. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do like Joseph. And even more so, I'm going to try to do my best to be like the third J. And that third J is Jesus. Jesus, our greatest example, he was tempted. He was tempted in every single way, just like you are. Oh, he didn't have the internet. No, no, he didn't have the internet. Oh, he didn't have to worry about having this put in front of him and that, but he had every kind of temptation you had. He had lust put in front of him. He had lust of the flesh. He had lust of money. He had lust of pride and everything else. Just because not everything's mentioned in the Bible doesn't mean it didn't happen. It says it in the book of John that if everything that happened to Jesus was put in there, there'd be so many, so much put down that it wouldn't even be enough books to hold it. Yes, he was tempted more so than you could possibly imagine. Let's read this, Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11. And I'm going to throw a little bit of John in, or Luke in there just, just for the fun. But let me tell you what it says. Matthew 4, 1 through 11, and also Luke 4, 13. Let's see what it says here. Then Jesus was led up into the wilderness by the Spirit. Now listen to what it says here. To be tempted by the devil. To be tempted because that's how we grow. Oh, I don't like being tempted. I don't either. I hate it. I hate it. But that's how you get stronger. That's how you grow in the spirit. Who? Boy, I don't like that either. But it's how it happens. Listen to what it says. So Jesus was led to the wilderness by the spirit to be tempted by the devil. And he, verse 2, and he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And then he was hungry. Well, I imagine so. Verse 3, and the tempter, talking about Satan, of course, the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones be turned into bread. And he answered, talking about Jesus, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city and set him on the highest point of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning you. In their hands they shall lift you up, lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, verse 7, Jesus said to him, It is also written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 8, Again the devil took him up, on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their grandeur. And he said to him, all these things will, I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, get away from here, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord, your God in him. Only shall you serve. And before I finish reading to you verse 11, I'm going to read to you Luke 4, 13. When the devil and 
had ended all the temptations, he departed from him until another time. Until another time. Satan doesn't go away forever. He comes back to get you later. Until another time. Then verse 11 of Matthew 4, 11. Then the devil left him and immediately, listen to this now, immediately angels came and ministered to him. When you say no to the devil, it's hard sometimes because your body says, oh, you know you want it. Oh, you know you want it. Oh, you know you need it. That's a lie, by the way. You know you need it. But then when you say no, the spirit lifts you up and you start to feel on high in the spirit. And you know you do. You start to feel good and you want to do a little dance because you know that you're starting to feel good. And you know you've done the right thing, not because you're powerful, but because he who is in you is powerful. And that's what we need to do. Whenever Satan says, come on, say, get out. I don't want you. Just say no and you will grow. James 4, 1 through 4. Where do wars and fights among you come from? Do they not come from your lust, that war in your body? You lust and do not have, so you kill. You desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your passions. You adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that the friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, will be a friend with the world is an enemy of God. We do not need to be befriending with the ways of Satan and of the world. Now, this is not to say you don't love the Lord, but if you really want to be close to Jesus, walk away, run away, just say no to the things of the world. I have to battle it too, I understand. But we've got to walk away, run away from the things of the world. I've had to get rid of some things, even recently, get rid of them, boom, kick them out, get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want you. We need to run from sin and run to God. Get out of here. James 4, 7, therefore submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I'll say that again, because it needs to be said. It's very important. Therefore submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he might flee from you. That's not what it says. He could flee from you. And perhaps, no, that's not what it says. He will flee from you. He will. Don't hold on to him like a little teddy bear at night. No. Too many people do that. Well, and they're sucking on their thumb. No, you don't need that teddy bear. Time to grow up, Christians. Kick him out. Hebrews 2.18. For since he himself, talking about Jesus now, for since he himself suffered while being tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. People say, well, Jesus doesn't understand. Jesus doesn't understand. He understands and then some. You don't understand what he understands, not vice versa. Everything you've been tempted with, he's been tempted with. Everything that you've gone through, he's gone through. Every single thing that you're going to suffer with, he suffered with and then some. He never leaves you, never forsakes you. That's what my, my, my tie says today. He never leaves you, never forsakes you. He's with you. Oh, no, no, you're never alone. You're never alone. Don't run from him, run to him. So what do we have to help us? Prayer, the word of God, the sword. That is the word of God. 
all of these things. We need to meditate and think on these things. As Philippians 4, 8 says, whatsoever is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report. What is it? Think on these things, not things of the world. Remember, good soldiers of Christ. What Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 13 says, good soldier, armor of God, put it all on. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world's powers of this darkness, against spiritual forces of of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Because we do stand against the devil every single day. Not just once. Wouldn't that be great? He comes just once and he goes away. But it's continuously throughout the day. Okay, it's 10 in the morning. He's done. He's gone away. No, 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 no. He'll be back real soon. And then again, and then again, and again. You have to keep saying, get away. And go back to the word again. And again and again. 1 John 5, 4, for whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. We need to continue to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And one other thing, my brothers and sisters of Christ, just say no to sin. Just say yes to him. And we don't have to, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to feel guilty for all the mistakes that we have made. We don't have to feel guilty about being tempted, for all of us are tempted. All of us. Right now, you may feel really guilty. Well, I understand that. Sometimes I get embarrassed up here. I'll be truthful about it. I get embarrassed admitting to you some of the temptations I've had. I get embarrassed when I tell you that I've slipped and said words I, I, I should never have said. I get embarrassed about it when I tell you that I've been tempted. I get embarrassed that I tell you that Satan's thrown lust at me and I've given into it. I get embarrassed when I tell you these things, but I'm not embarrassed to tell you I'm human. I'm not embarrassed to tell you that God forgives me. I'm not embarrassed to tell you that I stand up in the face of the devil, not me, but Christ who's in me and says, look, you could come at me over and over again, but greater is he who is in me than he who is of the world. And I happen to know, even though he's going to come back again, Christ has never left me and never will. And I'm going to continue to stand up again and say, get away. I'm going to continue to stand up and say no to the temptation of sin. And even if I trip, even if I trip, I'm going to get back up again and say no, because greater is Christ. The same Christ is within you. And you might feel guilty right now because you have weaknesses. Well, congratulations, you're human. But the strength of Jesus is far greater than any of the weaknesses that you may have. And the reason why I say these things to you about my weaknesses is so that you know that you're not alone, so that you can stand proud for Jesus Christ. And that is why I say these things, so that you can say no to the temptation to Christ and say yes Christ is within me, and that is why we stand together, proudly knowing that Jesus is living strong within us. Amen. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And let us bow in prayer. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord. You've looked past our mistakes. 
You've forgiven us years ago. For some, it's been newer. But Lord, you've forgiven us. And yet the temptations continue to come. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes we don't. But Lord God, the temptations continue to come. And Lord, you're with us through it all. Lord God, right now I pray for every single person here and for those who are home. I pray, Lord God, that you will help us with the temptations that the enemy comes to us with. I pray that you will help us to stand up, that you will help us, Lord God, to turn to you, to run from sin and run to you, that you will help us to say no, to just say no to sin and say yes to the strength within, which is you. I say all this to you, Lord Jesus Christ, praying that we will no longer be ashamed to stand up strong for you. In Jesus' name, amen.